You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is Views is from Mid Street. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, so let's call out a couple of individual players that stood out to us in that 21 nothing win over Buffalo. And I am going to, I'm, I, I hope I'm go, I don't pull an oblique patting us on the back here, Lonzo, because there was one guy, a former South Carolina Gamecock, that we both sang the praises of back in our last podcast. This guy in Shy Smith is a dude that both of us thought had a really good camp, has an opportunity to step up here, uh, especially in a situation in this game where Brandon Zilstra wasn't available. Shy Smith has contributed more this offseason than Terrence Marshall Jr. has. Shy Smith has an opportunity to step in and do something special here And all he did was catch three of four for 32 yards and a TD, which, by the way, was an adjusted route TD. If you go look at that route, Shai Smith was kind of cut into the outside, recognized that there was a quarterback protecting the pylon. So he kind of snapped it back to the inside. Baker made an excellent read of Shai Smith and then put it right on the numbers and Shai took it to pay dirt. I'm telling you right now, and Matt Rule had some really complimentary things to say about Shy Smith, but Shy Smith absolutely stood out in this game as far as I'm concerned, and I'm calling the shot now. If we get to week three or week four and you don't see Marshall on the field as much as we projected that we might when he got drafted, it will be because Shy Smith has morphed into a dude. This dude has made effort after effort. He has filled the role they have asked him to roll uh, the role with exceptionally well. I enjoyed watching Shy Smith play, and I would not be surprised if about week six, week seven, there's a rush of folks trying to get Shy Smith on the fantasy team because he's playing that slot receiver role and doing it well. All right, here's my main concern with Shy Smith: is he's shining too early, man? He's shining way too early. You know, when when DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are out there, and then he's out there with them, he's going to be the guy that maybe they forget about. So it's, I, I mean, it, I hate to say it. But maybe he's shining way too early. Maybe uh, you know, the teams around the league are going, huh, look at that guy right there. We gotta have to pay attention to that guy when maybe if he didn't shine so quickly, he'd get away with some stuff the first few weeks. But now I looking at what he's able to do, they're gonna have to pay attention to him. So you got you got the two, you got Robbie Anderson, you got DJ Moore, you got Shy Smith out there, and you have Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. It's a lot to cover, man. Oh yeah. 100%. No, I, I I agree with that, but I'm actually okay with it. And the reason I'm okay with it is Shy Smith is, is, is starting to shine. You're absolutely right. Good news is 
if I got Anderson and Moore on the outside and I'm lining up shy in the slot, and oh, by the way, you're also going to get Brandon Zilstra back, who has been remarkably consistent as a pass catcher. You can go four wide, and any one of those four has a real threat to catch the ball. You're going to force defenses, to be honest, to be balanced and to cover the entire field, which should theoretically open the field up that much more for Baker Mayfield. I absolutely have no problem with Shai Smith stepping up and stepping out right now because I think that it is going to take attention away from the guys who are supposed to be superstars, and and, and I think that'll work out. Uh, but we also got Tommy Tremble available. Three snags out of Tremble, 23 yards, targeted four times, caught three of them. In fact, I was uh, I was watching before this lab before we went live here a few minutes ago recording this podcast. There was a play. It was a Baker dropped in the pocket, was getting pressure from the backside, rolled out to the right, and Tommy Tremble recognized where the softness and coverage was, sat down. Bake hit him down the right sideline, which was all of that was already great. Tommy turned around, ran through a linebacker, ran through a cornerback, and it took four Buffalo Bills to get him to the ground. Tommy Tremble, in my opinion, is probably going to be utilized very heavily, especially in red zone yardage situations, because it's very hard to cover that dude without being exceptionally physical. And I know Panthers fans know this already, but when you line up shy on one side, tremble on the other with Moore and Anderson in a red zone formation or, or Zilstra on the other with a red zone formation, Tommy Tremble becomes a big-time wide receiver threat in the red zone, especially considering he can block off the edge as well. Uh, those two dudes, Shy Smith, Tommy Tremble, I think both of them, there's a very good chance we're talking about them a lot when we get to the regular season. You know, they talk about an embarrassment of riches. Carolina Panthers actually have that and they're flying under the radar with the projections to be what next to last in the NFC South. They're going to come out and surprise a lot of people with all those guys that you're talking about and with precise passing for Baker Mayfield, not to mention a pretty good running game. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Speaking of the running game, the, the only spot that I really wanted to circle as, all right, I saw this and I think it does need to improve a little bit. I thought the offensive line was was really good in this game between the 20s. Uh, red zone blocking, especially in the run game, I think left a little bit to be desired here. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you got Christensen at left guard and Icky at the left tackle spot. That is solidified. We know what the offensive line is. The first red, not the first possession, the, the three and out, but the first red zone possession after that, that led to Baker's first two-yard touchdown pass. The red zone blocking on the left side, I, I, I thought it left a little bit to be desired. I thought that there was a couple of spots where D linemen were, were blowing that side of the field up. I cannot be in a situation where if I'm Matt Rule, when we get down here, I'm afraid to run the ball. That offensive line's got the potential to be good. It's, it's, it's it, again, I've said it's an average offensive line with the potential to be above average, but I, I, I hope we get to a point that we know that we can trust the offensive line to block better in the red zone. But that's really the only complaint that I had about the offensive line was when the Panthers tried to stuff it in from two or three yards out, they very frequently were met with stiff resistance from Buffalo's backup defensive line. I need the offensive line to own the red zone line of scrimmage. That is one area of concern that I saw in this preseason game. 
All right. One thing about offensive line, though, it's it's cohesiveness. It's it's knowing what the guy next to you is going to do. This starting lineup has just been named, so these guys need to have some time playing next to each other. Yeah, you get the preseason game, and you got a couple weeks before the very first game, so you're going to be able to practice each day with the guy next to you, and I think that's going to help a bunch. I see your concerns. Uh, but the number one running back wasn't in there. There's some other threats that aren't in there that would help uh, help the line not have to focus on some things they were focusing on. I think most of it is just getting comfortable with the guy next to you. Yeah, no, I listen, I, I, I agree entirely, right? It's it's one thing to play OL. It's another thing to trust the guy next to you implicitly and, and recognize that you can fire off and do your job and not worry about is somebody going to cover up the gap because you know that guy. And, and and again, Icky's playing left tackle. He just got named the starter. It's preseason game number three for him. Christensen played the tackle last year. He's now playing a guard. It is technically a new position for him. I, I, have, I absolutely believe this team is going to solidify and get better as we move forward across the offensive line. But I, I, I do think that it needs to be highlighted. I do think that it needs to be highlighted that the red zone blocking – there's there's just questions about it you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I do want to give credit here. I thought the play calling by Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule. I thought the play calling offensively. Uh, was frankly exceptional. I, I I I like that they stuck to the run in the red zone. I like that not only did they open Baker up to the rest of the field, but they also were doing a lot of offensive line pass block shifting. They were allowing Baker to get out to his left, get out to his right, extend the field horizontally to take the defense with him in either direction. Uh, I I was I was very impressed. I understand. And we've talked about this a number of times that Ben Ben McAdoo's record as a head coach is not all that impressive, but Ben McAdoo as an offensive coordinator's history has been really, really good. And I think you really started to get, I think they were a little conservative in the first two games, especially that Patriots game a week and a half ago. But I think the play calling last night showed you that Ben McAdoo understands the strengths and weaknesses of this Carolina offense. I thought the play calling offensively in this game was exceptional. Yeah, the, the, the first series aside, because the first series was, I think, basically a three and out. But then yep. after that, everything – and then I think part of that was due to drop passes and a few things like that, a little bit of jitters. Uh, but after that, everything seemed to flow. And, and that's the thing. There was a flow to it. There was no stagnating. There was no, oh, they're doing that way too much. There's a little bit of something different in almost every single play. And I think that's what you got to do, especially in today's NFL. No, agreed entirely. I thought the play calling was great. I thought it was consistent. I, I agree with you. I think it had a rhythm to it. I think it had a routine to it. And I, 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 again, Ben McAdoo took a lot of heat because of his lack of success when he got his opportunity as a head coach. But he has shown repeatedly that as a coordinator, the guy gets it. And I think on top of that, you saw that Matt Rule just kind of let him go, right? Like, I think Matt Rule is at a spot where he 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 trusts Ben McAdoo to make the right calls. I think he trusts the offense to execute those calls. 
it's not micromanaging. And, you know, a lot of head coaches, they get onto a hot seat. And you can tell me he's not, but absolutely, I think Matt Rule's got to be considered on the hot seat. A lot of coaches get to the spot where they're in the hot seat and they start to micromanage. They start to overmanage. They, they, they stop trusting football guys to do football things. I don't think that Matt Rule did that here. I think that Matt Rule, so far through three preseason games, is letting his offense work. Now, if they get out there in week one, two, three, and it feels like they're kind of up against it, things aren't flowing well, then maybe he steps in and changes that. But I think I think he did a great job of not overmanaging. Uh, speaking of uh, helmet stickers, the defensive line for the Panthers, we mentioned Derek Brown earlier, but the defensive line as a whole in this game I thought was exceptional. I mean, how many times did we see Case Keenum drop back, do a play action, turn to look up the field, and there's three Panthers defensive linemen in his in his face. We talked about the offensive line needing to get better across the red zone. The defensive line for the Panthers, I thought, led by Derek Brown, was very good. They never let Case Keenum get comfortable. They never let a Buffalo Bills offense that, again, the backups, but certainly is a well-run and well-executed offense. I don't think Case Keenum ever really got comfortable in the pocket at any point last night. They were blowing up the Buffalo offensive line, and I think they deserve a ton of credit. The defensive line was exceptional in that game. Absolutely. A little bit later on in the game, when you get some backups in, they were starting to uh, be a little susceptible to the run, which was a concern for the Panthers last year. So I'm a little bit cautious about that, a little concerned. Uh, You shore that up a little bit better. Man, I want to see some shutouts. And uh, there's something about being on defense and getting that feel of a shutout. And those guys, you you saw they were running around having a blast. And I look forward to seeing that happen some uh, in the regular season. 100%. Uh, they, 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 you're exactly right. They were flying around the field. They were owning the offensive line of scrimmage, especially on, especially on, on pass pro, right? When they were able to read. Now, I would caution. Don't get crazy over aggressive because there's a lot of teams, especially in the NFC South between Tampa and New Orleans, that are really good at draws, really good at slip screens, really good at play action. And if you get to the point that you are overzealous in blowing up offensive lines, you can get in trouble with guys like Kamara. But, uh, you know, what I saw out of this defensive line was a team, it was a, was a, was a group that was getting after it, was getting after the quarterback, was getting after Case Keenum, was forcing him to roll the pocket left and right, was not giving you time to run the play action because by the time that you fake the handoff and turn your helmet back upfield, all you saw was a wall of white coming at you. And I was, I was, I was very happy. I was very pleased with that uh, top to bottom. So. All right, that, Rob, I, I just, I got to interrupt you here. Yeah. Far um, away. So. You're going to find out in this podcast eventually that I don't like Tom Brady. Uh, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't expressed this yet, but I got, I got to say, I don't like Tom Brady. Would you say Case Keenum is more mobile than Tom Brady? I would say, okay, you don't have to say it. I will say it. Case Keenum is more mobile than Tom Brady, and Case Keenum was struggling with that defense in the backfield. I am looking forward to Mr. Tom Brady eating some turf all year long when he plays the Carolina Panthers. It'll be interesting. Tampa's offensive line is in shambles right now, right? I mean, they. I think across there's what was projected to be the starting five, four of them are out with an injury. So I think there's a, there's a real possibility if this defensive line remains that aggressive, if this defensive line uh, is able to do 
to a Tampa offensive line that is, again, decimated by injuries right now. It could be very interesting. we got the Browns week one at the Giants week two. That's another one that, that this defensive line could change. The Saints come calling September 25th. Cardinals, Niners, Rams, and then October 23rd, Tom Brady comes to the bank for the first time, and we're going to be breaking all of those games down. For those of you that have not followed up with the way this is going to work, next week, week after that, two podcasts a week, and then week one, when the NFL season gets rolling, we will be bringing you this podcast three times a week. We'll do a game preview, a game review, and a midweek pod where we will break down everything going on that week. And should we get breaking news throughout the week, we'll pop up and do emergency pods for you as well. So make sure, if you haven't already done it, that you like and subscribe to Views from Mitch Street wherever major podcasts are found. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. And if you've got Carolina Panthers fans in your life that share your passion, make sure you send this podcast to them as well. We are looking forward to this thing growing and getting better week by week. Lonzo, any parting words before we call it a day? We're just a couple weeks. I can't wait. We're almost there. We're almost there. You're exactly right, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Lonzo on Word, at Lonzo on Word, because we'll both be watching every Panthers game and live tweeting through them. You can follow me on Twitter as well at the Rob Brown Show, at the Rob Brown Show. And if you're an overall sports fan, Make sure you log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the fan upstate or go to YouTube and search and subscribe to the Rob Brown show. Lonzo and I nine to noon every weekday live stream all three hours of our sports talk radio show. Talk a lot of Panther football, but we get into everything else as well. So we hope that you'll join us there for Lonzo. Right. So my name is Rob Brown. Remember, like, subscribe, and share this podcast. We sincerely appreciate it. We'll see you in just a couple of days for the next episode of Views from Men Street. Keep pounding, baby.